in most ways, you can't manifest that which you're you're too afraid to even confront. And you certainly, you know, you can't expect someone to just do something that you're too afraid to ask for. Hello, and welcome to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. Each week, my guests and I share our vulnerable behind-the-scenes stories of giving ourselves permission to take off our masks, let go of our expectations, and embrace our own path of freedom and authentic connection. I'm your host, Bianca Hughes, a lover of authenticity and a licensed professional counselor in Georgia. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Authentic Wednesday podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen and joining me on the podcast. I always appreciate my listeners. Today on the podcast, I have a guest and the conversation we had was so transformative, so good that I actually went ahead and made this into two episodes. So today you will be hearing part one and it will give you time to digest the information and so that you will be ready to come back for part two. My guest today is Carlton Mackey. He is the creator of Black Men Smile, a viral social media platform and empowerment movement for black men to celebrate the way they see themselves. He is also the creator of the Beautiful in Every Shade apparel line and author of Fifty Shades of Black, Sexuality and Skin Tone in the Formation of Identity. Mackey is an artist and scholar. He is the director of the Ethics and the Arts Program and associate director of the Ethics and Servant Leadership Program at the Emory University Center for Ethics. He is an adjunct professor in the Department of Film and Media Studies. As a community advocate, Carlton serves on the Atlanta Board of Education Ethics Commission and on the advisory board of Forever Family, an Atlanta nonprofit surrounding youth with one or more incarcerated parent with the love of family and providing regular prison visitation. Mackie is a teaching artist at the High Museum of Art in Atlanta, Georgia. Mackie's work blends his unique combination of social consciousness, creativity, scholarship and social connection to create powerful impressions that invite new discovery and personal transformation. So let's go ahead and get into the conversation. So welcome Carlton to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Um, you are the first person I'm interviewing in person. Oh, so great. this is I'm glad that um, <laughs> I was crazy enough to say, hey, let's do it in person. You you and I don't mind because you challenged me. I was like, okay, let's see how it works. So I'm always open. Cool. So so I always ask people, first question, what does authenticity mean for you? That is a fascinating question and um you know, whenever I do really any kind of in-person speaking engagement, I try not to think too much about answers to questions and just let what comes out. But this is one that the moment you asked, I was like, I really want to say something profound about authenticity because it's such a, um, I think it's a word that's used a lot now and it's something that people seek. Um, but actually, what is it that we're seeking when we say we're seeking authenticity? That's and what is question. it What is it that we mean when we proclaim on any level that we're offering our, our, our authentic self? So I think that for me, whenever I use the word authenticity, it, it, 
it has a lot to do with courage. I think that in a lot of ways, it's we aren't there aren't a lot of incentives to being our authentic self. So I think it takes courage to exist in the world as yourself when the very function of marketing, the very function of media, the very function of capitalism, particularly as it comes to the items that we buy, their job is to make us feel as if we're inadequate and that we need these things to be something. If we have this, if we are able to pay for this and buy this thing, then we'll have happiness, we'll have, we'll, we'll, we'll be beautiful, we'll be more ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really hard for for people to, to exist as themselves. So, and I think that's also coupled with the fear of rejection of what may come if we exist and operate as ourselves. Because what we're able to determine based on social media and, and, and really anything that we consume is what is accept. Largely, we, can, we have a sense of the range of what's acceptable. And I think on, to varying degrees, we're all living within that range has to not be too far outside of it because anything when you step outside of any of those you're you're it's like you become a target and you're subject to be shot down maybe maybe even literally or you 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 are certainly subject to the pain of being rejected and so maybe that's a long way of saying i think authenticity has to do with it has to be connected to courageous action and think then authenticity is um, a courageous expression of oneself for who one is at any given moment that that appreciates where they are while not being beholden to any particular place because I think another trick of trying to be authentic is thinking that we when we discover who we are and our authentic self that we have to be that all the time. So if what it means for me to be authentic is to be woke, then I can't then necessarily joke or do certain things or I can't then, I can't. So uh, I think it's it's the courage to be who we are at any moment that's a true representation of, of ourselves while not being beholden to that moment and thus creating a caricature of our very authentic selves. It's almost like <laughs> sometimes... If, if we're not sharp, being authentic can actually be performative, mm-hmm. um, which isn't think I, which isn't authentic. You said so much good stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I want to pick up on? I love the courage piece because I totally get it. The world is not shaped for you to be authentic. You're put in literally this box of what is expected you to be. And when you talk about the rejection piece, you know, because I work a lot with the perfectionism, which is ultimately that fear of being rejected and being disconnected. And so like the authenticity is the opposite. And so literally like, yes, if I'm going to be authentic, there is this fear, like, which is very, very real and is does happen that people are going to reject me. People are not going to see me. And that's the other thing. We want to be seen and we want to be truly known. But when people are seeing us, are they seeing the real us or what they, what we think they want us to be? And so, I kind of and I kind of like, yes, people can perform because I do feel like sometimes authenticity is like a buzzword at the moment. But there comes a point where 
even if you're trying to be authentic as a performance there comes a point where there's a barrier like wait a minute this doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. there's something kind of off with this Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I always talk about that authenticity is definitely a journey it's not something like you said yes I'm woke but that doesn't mean I can't do this so it doesn't mean it's like authentic in all areas Mm -hmm. and I'm not just in this box this is part of me here and this is part of me here I think you've talked about I'm this and and I'm this and Mm. and I'm this and not just I'm just this and I think that when it comes to that authenticity piece you're not just this Mm -hmm. you're so much more and I don't think people can always handle that would you agree? Yeah, I certainly would. I, I, I think that as you were talking, I was thinking about something else that it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't stand in conflict with what I just said. But I think that it's okay for authentic expression to be tempered by discipline mm. and a certain uh, upholding of one's value. Or we could just make, or we could just say that what I'm about to describe is different than being authentic. So what what I'm thinking about is acting on our impulses. And doing what truly is impulsive, it could be uplifted as a value and saying, well, that means being authentic. But I think that we also have to be disciplined and uphold. Even our authenticity has to be rooted in something greater than mm-hmm. um, my, one of my colleagues often says that um, truth has to be something other than maximum verbal veracity. <laughs> Meaning that, um, and he gives this example of saying if your little niece comes up and says, hi, hey, uncle, isn't this a pretty painting? If you're saying that, well, to be authentic or, or to tell the truth, just to keep the not to mix the metaphor, to tell the truth is to say that it's not because mm. it might not be. But that would that would be that would be to suggest that truth is simply maximum veracity it, it, it is it is maximum honesty that is nothing other than a perfect reflection of exactly what one sees and we know that truth is something greater than that yeah. um, and in that moment you know you can you, you can do something other than you can you can hold to a value and, and do something other than just yeah. kill someone's dreams so um that would kind of like be taking it to the extreme. Right. So I guess what I'm saying about being authentic is, it, 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 even if that was a poor analogy, what, what I'm trying to say with authenticity is and connecting it to discipline and holding and it being rooted in something greater than just commitment to, to that definition is if my authentic or most true response to someone who, or my most impulsive response to someone who does something to hurt me is to punch them in the face or to hit them back or to then to not do that doesn't mean that I'm not being authentic. It means that I'm holding a, I'm holding a value in something that is I may determine is even greater than just expressing myself how I truly would quote unquote want to. Yeah. And I mean, it, we don't we may not have to go into all those nuances. It may become important later um, when we talk about values and when we talk about one's commitment to who they want to be. Uh, maybe that that is how we can grow into being our most authentic self is by having a desire for where we want to be, even if it's not where we are, and authentically moving in a way that allows us to be able to to fill up the void between who it is that we, that we're striving to be and maybe any deficiencies that we see that we have in a, in, at a current moment. Um, actually, well, that actually goes into a podcast I did 
a few weeks ago, well, last week, but by the time you guys hear this, it'll be a few weeks ago, on are we compromising our values or our preferences? Mm. And I shared, you know, the difference to compromise on a value and a preference. You Maybe you did release that. Though. I listened to something where you were talking about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, maybe you maybe you made multiple references to it, but you certainly made a reference to that. Yeah. In your last. Yeah, in the last pop- one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how when we identify our values, sometimes we look at them and be like, mm, "These are my values," but I'm not looking. I'm not living them. But I always tell people, "Well, don't you know? Feel guilty. Identify mm-hmm. them, and then, like you said, work towards them, because mm-hmm. that's the core of what holds us, like you said, and what we adhere to. But we just find often times when we're not being authentic, we're probably further away mm-hmm. um, from our values. Mm. Yeah, which have a big a part a big part to play. Have you always been authentic? Uh, I have not always been authentic. Um and why authentic why authenticity requires so much courage is because um i think it's so much easier to not be and i've certainly spent i've spent the majority of my life actually really i mean i guess in the most simple simple way not being authentic and um and the majority of your life really yeah i Will mean people be surprised to hear I, that and maybe i think that um maybe or they may relate I don't know. Think that I, I don't think, and it's not been until recently that I've been able to appreciate how significant of a role that fear plays in how we approach decisions that we make in our life. How much uh, fear of being rejected plays subconsciously. Oh, that's big. <laughs> how, how much we want to be, and this is connected to rejection, but ultimately the sentence that I want to say is, it's only been recently that I've been able to really assess how much, how big of a role wanting to be accepted um, plays. Even when, and I am a risk taker, I think I'm a outlier, I think I'm a innovator, but even then I think many of my ideas are often tempered by what's just enough ahead of the curve to not be fully ostracized or I certainly even if I take the leap it is it is with a lot of calculation of whether or not I'll be able to land on something and you know it it does shape as an artist how you know how I've created yeah it just it just really plays a I, th- I think it, it plays a, a a role in how we navigate um, even relationships mm-hmm. intimate or otherwise and I think it's now that I've made a commitment to really understanding and loving myself and even unpacking and understanding what that means, um, really understanding my preferences, what my boundaries are, what, what my love languages are, what, what I, I need, my, um, and being willing to accept that some of the things that I need, as, as unflattering as they may sound, or at least as unflattering as I've spent the most of my life perceiving them, that they are my needs and that deserve them and that I'm committed to prioritizing them. And, you know, the reason I say most of my life is I I just think that I didn't, I spent most of my life not really assessing what those needs were and much less holding myself accountable to to their prioritization. And I haven't spent the majority of my life setting boundaries and and demanding people adhere to them. So I think that's what I mean by, by I haven't been authentic. I think not being authentic is, is not being honest to say that this is, I don't like this. Yeah. Um, I don't want this. 
um, I will not do this. You will not do this. Yeah. Um, I will not accept this. To be fully authentic is to discover what those things are and be willing to hold people accountable to them. And I don't think I've, I do that now as a lifestyle much more, I'm much more committed to that. I don't think the average person does that. Well, you do you feel like you were just going along with life and not even, like you said, taking time to stop and reflect what are my needs? What does loving me look like? What does it feel like? Do you think it was just, I'm just living. I'm just doing what I saw or what I think I should be doing. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is it wasn't that passive. I was active. I was actively engaged in this narrative because I actually thought that what I was doing was correct. Ah. I think that um, we're taught to believe certain things about how to engage. We're taught to believe certain things about our value. We're taught to, to, to not take up a whole lot of space. We're taught a lot of this is coded in the way that we're constructed to understand gender and race and all these things play into what we accept or what we allow because it's conditioned on, it's predicated on everything that we've seen before. This is how when you're from, you know, when you don't have X amount of money and you're black and you're from the South and you're whatever, you just, you kind of are like, oh, this is, I, I can only expect this much. So, and, and if people engage with me in this way, then maybe, you know, and, and I want to use, I want to use, I want to make you, personal examples, but I, but, but, example? but I, but I want to, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I want to connect. I don't want to deflect, but it, just in listening to um, the, the examples I'm thinking of right now, most immediately are, you know, they're in some way rooted to the last podcast that I heard you give, and it was talking about, I guess, not even so specifically related to you, but I think about, um, yeah, a lot of people are behaving in ways that they think, or or a reflection of things that they saw, and so they think they're doing it right, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes you have discoveries, sometimes life will bring you to places and you realize, like, you know, if I knew better, I would, if you knew better, you'd do better. And I, I didn't know better, and I thought that this was okay, and it, it's not. And then you're forced to decide, how will I move now that I have this knowledge, that I've had this experience, that I've made these discoveries, that life has afforded me the inconvenient opportunity to discover this truth. Mm. Can you give an example of where perhaps you felt like, I needed to do it like this because this is what I've seen? But then you realize, well, perhaps, no, I don't. That doesn't meet my need. That's not who I am. And you've made that switch. Or you're in the process of making the change. I'm in the process of making the change. And I'm struggling a little bit. I'm struggling a lot a bit because um, not all, but so much of what, so much of my references, I think the most relevant ones, the ones that would offer the listener the most, that would be most vividly illustrate the points I'm making are connected to very personal points of, around relationships. And I don't, mm. I don't mind sharing them from a personal perspective, but they necessarily involve other people, other who, people. Aren't, who aren't here to really make comments. And certain things that I could say, which I, I just feel would be a bit unfair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to respect them. But... <laughs> Can you speak on your feelings and your view? That's okay. I think maybe a natural kind of generic move um, to make that would still be relevant is, is just to say that much of my shift occurred as a result of going to therapy. And before I even started, I made a commitment to tell the truth, and probably in the old school sense of like exactly what the heck I feel and exactly what I think and exactly the facts. Mm-hmm. Like even if they make me look like trash, even if they make me sound 
really dumb, even if they make me appear to be weak or any of the things that I would not want to admit that are true about me, much less just truth about other people. So that was a commitment I made prior to going into therapy. And as a result of that, whenever I'm in there and I'm, I lay down, um, I was about to say sitting in that chair, but I, I lay down every time I go in there. Every time I'm laying on that couch. So you actually lay on oh, the lay, couch? I lay <laughs> I, uh, I, I maybe because I saw that on TV one time. So when I first started going, I was like, "Look, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it like I'm gonna play." So I and, and true enough, it was one of those long soaps in there. And I was like, "May I?" Took my shoes off, I stretched out, and I've been doing that ever since. I'm, I'm I lay down and I start talking. But as a result of that, I'm able to hear myself, hear what it sounds like from my biggest. The things that I don't want anyone to know about me to come out of my mouth. The things I don't want to know about myself to come out of my mouth. And when when I do, by doing that, I'm able to confront those things. I'm able to hear how scary I thought they would be to come out and really how as monumental as some things sound in my head, I can, I'm able to put them in perspective. Some of our fears are projected to be much larger than they mm. are. I'm able to hear how arrogant I can be at times by saying certain things. I'm able to hear how sensitive I am and I denied being sensitive on so many levels as a man to be like you know no one wants to be no one wants to be perceived as soft or weak or you know those are also conditioned into how we perform to protect ourselves from that image and I'm able to just hear myself say things that are just like essentially like I want to be held I want to be held. like all these things that are just like you don't just go around saying so my transformation and shift toward authenticity has, has been in part a result of giving myself space to hear what my authentic voice actually is and taking and, and coming out of that feeling still worthy of loving myself for where I am and, and radically pursuing, you know, who it is that I want, that I want to be, even if I've fallen short of that. And I think that is, that has led to the biggest shift in my um you know on my growth trajectory it's been it's been because of that so i'm gonna say you said a very powerful statement i don't know if you feel like it was a powerful statement or at the time or maybe you do now but to say as a black man i want to be held oh man it's uh it is powerful it's powerful to say it outside of therapy too you know uh and yeah, because I think that, you know, related to that that desire for that kind of affection, it's 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 part of who I am. And I think that, you know, I may have been coded to to not want to admit that for fear of appearing as something that, you know, I I would think wouldn't be attractive. And it's just not true. It's not true for me in terms of I wouldn't even think it would be attractive to hear certain things. And um, it's actually been quite liberating to allow myself to speak my truth, to make, you know, to be vulnerable, to um, to face and, and to express the things that I may have been afraid to express as desires, as making them a part of how I communicate and just... Mm-hmm name them i mean i mean because you can't in in most ways you can't manifest that which you're you're too afraid to even confront and you certainly you know you can't expect someone to just do something that you're too afraid to ask for 
I mean, you're lucky if they do, but how how can you expect? And I've actually heard I've actually heard this. And part of my resentment has often been like, well, you should know. But I've heard, you know, well, I'm not a mind reader in relationships. And yeah, I guess I've just I've just thought that someone is supposed to know that this is what I want. Or I thought that that in my own way, I was communicating something. But essentially, I was being indirect or passive aggressive, which is mm-hmm. even which is probably the least favorable thing I could ever say. That is a part of my makeup. It, I hate People who are passive aggressive. I hate that characteristic. And, and yet you were pop. And as the more I talked, the more I was in there, I was like, "Yo ass is at you are you are <laughs> you are as indirect about certain things as anyone I know." And it was that startling revel- revelation that helped me grow. And now I say exactly <laughs> what I want in almost all all scenarios. Wow. <laughs> you know that often the stuff that we don't like in other people is like an indication of what we don't like about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, interesting how that came out. How does it feel to embrace and acknowledge that sensitive part of you in a world where it's not okay? How does that feel? I feel more empowered because I know how afraid I have been to do it. So now... I feel like I'm among the most courageous people I know because I do the thing that for so many years terrified me. So now I'm like the the real courage is in doing the things that are scary. So they yeah, I don't feel I don't feel weakened by things that seem weak. I feel strong because I have I'm making a decision to do those things. So it's really it's an interesting dynamic where yeah, I think I I I feel more I feel more powerful and more free today than maybe ever. Really? Absolutely. Wow, that's a huge statement. I'm kind of silent. I'm do- I don't get silent often. <laughs> but I'm Yeah. I mean, for people to say that because that's like my ultimate goal when I work with clients, but to sit in a room with a black man saying that as a black woman is a beautiful thing. Yeah. It, it it is it is beautiful to say. It's a beautiful feeling. And it's also and I've said this in different ways at different points in my life, but it's also a beautiful thing to embody because, you know, you being free in so many ways gives other people permission and to, to take those risks and to I often say to catch courage mm-hmm. to, to do that for themselves and um I've said this before too. You can you can see you can identify people in the room who have gone through that, who've committed to that process of um, being their authentic self to um, doing the things that are scary, to um, speaking that, being willing and bold enough to speak their desires to themselves and to those around them, to pursue themselves beyond even where they are. You can tell those people. You can tell them from a mile away. And if you get close enough, they don't have to do much for you to just see that something, they're doing something. And it doesn't take long before you want to do the same thing for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, you know, you're like, why am I, why, you know, I've always wanted to dye my hair. Why did I think about it so long? Like this person, you know, you, you, you'll, you, you'll leave certain people and you're like, man, I'm 
about to start my business. What was I thinking about? Like, I'm going online. I'm going to go to Secretary of State. I'm doing my LLC today. All I hang around this person for five minutes. And essentially, you don't realize how many times that person had to talk themselves into going to the same website. I mean, so I have so many stories related to Black Men Smile, related to it. so many endeavors that I've pursued that have ultimately turned out successful. I mean, I had to play certain music. I had to I start and I stop and I start. Like, all this fear. I don't know what it was around just doing the thing. That is, I'm like, man. And, and then sometimes I just have to talk to myself like, do it. Like, why are you so afraid? What are you hesitating? And then sometimes I'll draw inspiration from other people. Sometimes I'll dig within myself. Sometimes I'll have to go back and look at other stories where I felt this exact same. I was gripped by this exact same fear. And I was like, you did it then? What do you like? And I'll have to remind myself that it is often when you're feeling like this that you're probably closest to the thing that's going to break, that's going yes. to jump the highest. It's the, like the thing that's going to pop is the thing that's on the other side of your hesitancy because you're so afraid. The bigger the fear around that, for me, it's often when it's like, oh, I got to. That's the thing I have to do. Because yes. that, that is something in this thing that is making... My fear of it actually succeeding beyond my wildest dreams is what's scaring the hell out of me. And that's why I got to do it. You know, I, I guess all to tie that back, though, all of that is that's that's transferable. You can transfer that in your being witness to that truth in yourself. You you can transfer that in your just being existing and standing up straight on the other side of all that overcoming. What people don't actually hear, though, is that you had to do your own process of overcoming. They think that some, they have a deficiency because they're so crippled by their own fears, not realizing that so many other people are. Mm-hmm. But maybe the difference is they either had someone that helped them push them through that that period of immobility or that people aren't able to appreciate how much it took that person to push themselves through it and yeah I'll tell anyone listening that I've had both I've had people that spoke into me I can never deny the role of the village in offering support encouragement and I you know I have healthy examples of people who you know love and care about me but also, there are people who, in most cases, have no idea what I'm holding or, or in the process of, of giving birth to. Because I keep those things very close to me. But people, people don't know what, what turmoil I go through before I deliver them. Like, just, it's annoying. It's annoying. It's annoying. Like, it's, it, 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 is, it is annoying, you know, waking up at night, like, should I do this or do this? Is this going or trying to think it through think beyond the step trying to think it mm-hmm. all the way to the end versus like one step at a time and, and getting bogged down or being like you know just nervous people don't see it they just see like oh it's out there and it's jumping oh my gosh that is literally why I do this podcast because people like think that like someone said to me like I make it look easy and I was like you know what I'm going to do a podcast on why it looks easy because I have people behind me I, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, I know I share with people. I'm a believer. I have a God. I, I do not live and breathe just because of me. There's just no way. And I, you know, and I always explain to people, like, it's not a smooth process. Mm-hmm. There, it, it, it's just not smooth. And, like, people kind of sometimes do give up mm-hmm. because it's not a smooth process. And that's, like, kind of like when I want to show people, like, no, we're there. We're smiling. But, you know, you don't know what we're doing at nighttime. Right. You don't know how many times, uh, how many times I've had the potential to sabotage all 
everything that that's out that you see i've been close to either not putting it out there for the world to see or pulling the plug on it at different points because you're just like well, okay maybe i shouldn't have you know but i have somehow learned how to trust my instinct and trust and honor the spirit that has given me all of the things that i've you know ultimately birthed and because the thing is Upon inception, I, I'm able to see how big something is. I mean, I, I feel it as monumental. Mm-hmm. What I have to remind myself is that. Because shortly after, after you know, you, 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 you can receive a message, you can receive an idea, you can get a, get a plan deposited into you spiritually, and you know, like, man, this thing is... It, write that down. Write, write that feeling down. Write that, that day. Because... In my case, almost you can rest assured that very shortly after that certainty comes the wave of uncertainty, comes the wave of doubt, comes the wave of fear. And if you don't, if you aren't able to encapsulate the clarity of it whenever it was before all of the ways the adversary tries to come in and attack it, if you aren't able to capture that, then you'll just you'll believe all of the lies that you've told yourself and that you've allowed either naysayers and uh, or what it, most of the time it's you you know it's i think I, i'm gonna I'm I'm back up it the most i've heard too many people say that and it's true but in my case it ain't people i have very little people look at me and say well you know you can't do this or you know you don't believe it's me i'm saying that yeah. more often than, I, I don't have a history of a whole lot of people telling me what i can't do maybe indirectly the world puts it unconsciously but I don't have those stories of a fifth grade teacher who told me you'll never be. I don't. I ain't nobody ever told me that. It's me sitting in my room, telling myself that I can't do something or that what whatever or or, or sabotaging in so many ways things. But it's also me that goes back and is like, I got I got to do this. I got to. This is. I know what this is. I'm just. I'm just a scared cat. I know you might be thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe she stopped it there. This was so good. But I promise you, the rest is next week. It was hard for me to find a place to stop. So that was part one of this episode. And part two with Carlton Mackey will be next week. I look forward to hearing your feedback. If you connected with what you just heard, please subscribe, rate and review the podcast. You can stay connected by following our Instagram, Authentic Wednesday Podcast, and visiting our website, AuthenticWednesday.com. Remember, authenticity is a journey, not a destination.